to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. To you who are gathered here today, what a joy and blessing to be together in the name of our Savior Jesus. To you who are watching at home and online, indeed, what a joy that you have joined us. And indeed, God is with you right where you are. I really do have deep gratitude for you, dear family of God, and I'm going to miss you as I go and serve for one year in New Jersey. I've never been on the East Coast for ministry's sake, for being a pastor, but it's an intentional interim. And uh, the good news is this, even as I get to work with a church and I get to work with a district in helping equip churches learn how to how to multiply everyday missionaries, disciples, and to plant churches. Uh, the good news is this, is that they say I can come back home one week out of the month. That's good news because my wife, Sue, continues to teach at Peace Lutheran School, and uh, I'll get to see you as well as time goes on. So if I show up, just know I didn't get, you know, kicked out or anything. I'm, I'm just home uh, part of the rotation, okay, and so look forward to that. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We've been looking at these songs of summer, and really they're the top 150 songs of the last 3,000 years. That's what we're looking at, just so you know. They happen to be recorded in the Old Testament book of the Psalms. Now, we don't know the melodies, actually, to these, but we do have the words. So if any of you want to write the melody to some of these, that'd be great, I think. But we've looked at different types. There are psalms and songs of lament. There are those songs of thanksgiving and praise. There are historical songs that tell of the mighty acts and deeds of God to redeem his people. But today we're looking at what's called the songs of ascents. Now, it means exactly what it says. Uh, it's, it's a song that was sung as they went up. They went up to Jerusalem, to the temple of the Lord. These are songs that were sung as they were coming from the outlying areas of Judea, and they came from, even afterwards, from all over the known world because the Jews had been scattered and exiled throughout their history. But they would come back for three major festivals. One of them, the Passover, a very important one, where they celebrated God's deliverance out of slavery in Egypt and delivered them from death, and they were delivered through the blood of the lamb that was shed. Remember that as they came to the house of the Lord. So why is it a song of ascent? It's because Jerusalem is a high elevation. It's 3,000 feet high. That may not sound very high to you, but remember, coming from Jericho, that's 800 feet below sea level. And uh, from the Dead Sea, that's over 1,400 feet below sea level. So this is quite a hike to go up to Jerusalem. Matter of fact, I want to show you a, a pathway. This is a picture of a pathway from Jericho going up to Jerusalem. And what do you see? Wilderness. You see what is a rugged and difficult life down below. And they're anticipating of coming to the city of their king, Jerusalem, and entering into the temple of the Lord. Can you imagine the anticipation as they're coming together 
into the house of the Lord. I'll also show you a highway that I've taken with groups I've taken uh, to Israel. And this is a highway from the Dead Sea going up to Jerusalem. And again, you can see the rugged territory coming up and out of the harsh and difficult life that's below. And they come to the temple of the Lord. Here's a depiction of the temple during the time of Herod. And... uh, It was magnificent. I mean, can you imagine coming from the little villages down in the wilderness of Judea and other places, and you come up to this massive, beautiful temple shining in the sun with their Jerusalem stone and the gold that gilded it. And Herod had built the temple, and you notice he added porches and porticos and pools around the temple. Here's the thing. It said that 50,000 people could celebrate the Passover around the porticos and porches and pools of the temple. Imagine coming from a village as small as maybe 200 people or less than 500 people, which probably Nazareth was about that size in the time of Jesus, and coming up to Jerusalem and then seeing the temple of God that reflects his glory and his beauty. But I want you to understand there's more to this of going up to Jerusalem, to the house of the Lord, than going to a building. They understood this is not about a building. This is about the presence of God. It was Solomon when he dedicated this house of the Lord that he said these words. He said, but will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house I have built. It was David who wrote Psalm 122. So when he said uh, how good it is to go to the house of the Lord, understand there was no temple yet. There was the tabernacle. So we're not talking about going to a building. The building is not for God. The building's for us, that we would be reminded of the truth that our God resides and he is high and lifted up on the throne and he welcomes us into his presence. So you see, We go up to the house of the Lord. That means let's elevate God to the highest priority in our lives. Let us go into his presence. And what do you find in his presence? You find his grace. You see the message that we have been delivered by the blood of the Lamb. And he gives us his forgiveness. And we find peace and security. Because our God is an everlasting God with all power. You know, in the midst of turbulent and difficult times, it's good to come up out of the wilderness where you feel like an exile. Have you lately begun to feel like, I just don't belong in this world anymore? It's changing so quickly and we see so much going on that what we used to depend on is no longer dependable. And we see hostility and anger. We see division and we wonder where this is all going. But when you come up to the house of the Lord, you come above the turbulence. There's been more than one occasion that I've been on an air flight and we've encountered turbulence. Any of you ever gone through that on a flight? Yeah. And uh, a lot of times you're just hanging on white knuckle, aren't you? You're wondering where this is going. I've been on a flight where we, we were pommeled like a little ping pong ball in a tornado. And, and there were times that we dipped so low, I thought, we're going down. This could be it. And you can imagine what everybody's thinking. That's when the pilot came on and said, we've encountered some turbulence. And it's like, really? 
He said, put on your seatbelts. Okay, I got you. I, we did it. He said, I'm going to a higher altitude to see if we can get above the turbulence. And sure, it was a few bumps and so forth, but we got up above the clouds. And I could literally look down and see the fomenting dark clouds below us. But I could also see the glorious rays of sunshine that were shining above. And there we were, peaceful, safe, and secure. What I'm going to tell you is the song of ascent that says this to you. In the face of turbulence, of times that are so disruptive and scary, Psalm 122 says, come up, come up to the house of the Lord where you will have his blessing and his presence with you. And so the message really is this, whatever you're facing, come higher, come up to the house of the Lord. Come together in unity. It says that in Psalm 122. I love it where it says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And here's the key. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Us together. Who are we talking about? In the psalm, it goes on to say, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. And there are different tribes. Did you know that? Did you know it's not only going to be Lutherans when we get to heaven? Did you know that? There are other denominations and there are some that are non-denominations, which are really denominations. But we have different tribes and it says together it doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. Let us go up to the house of the Lord found, bound firmly together as God's people. Come up higher to unity. We need that today, don't we? We need unity. Nothing will bring us unity but God himself as we go up to the house of the Lord. And then we come higher to worship God. That's what we do in the temple. We worship him. When you're in his presence, you can't help but worship him. You see how great and mighty he truly is. And this is where it says, and so as the tribes go up, we have different tribes. As the tribes go up, what do we do? We give thanks to our Lord. We give him the praise and thanksgiving for all he has done. As I said to you, they went to the temple for Passover. That was one of the three big festivals. And they were reminded of God's grace, that he took a people in bondage, slaves, and he delivered them from death, and he did it by the blood of the lamb. But believe me, it's not the animal and its blood that saves us. That was a foreshadowing of the true Lamb of God, God's own Son, sent into the world to take our place. It was Jesus who talked about this with his disciples, recorded in Luke chapter 18. Jesus said, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished, for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit on, and after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. This was the plan. God says, I will draw you to myself. I will give to you the security of eternal life with me, but it's only through the sacrificial death of Jesus who became sin for us. We're the sinners. He died in our place, and he gives to us his righteousness. 
come higher. Come into the presence of a God who loves you. This is the gospel, the power of the gospel that will change hearts. And then come higher to live in peace and security. And that's really what we find in the Lord our God when we realize we don't belong in this world and this isn't our home anyway. We're headed to eternity. We can have peace and security. You don't have to be so upset when life doesn't quite go the way you want or when it looks like things are tearing apart, if, even if it's a, just a monumental type turbulence that you're facing or we're facing together, we can still have peace. And it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And what that says is that we who have the security in knowing we belong to the Lord and we have a home with him forever, we can also be a blessing to our city and to our nation and that we can be people of peace giving hope to those around us. And we pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders that God would work powerfully. I love this Psalm 122 because I believe it kind of set the example and the template of how generations later we who are believers in the true and living God are to handle the turbulence and difficult times. Let me point out just a couple. There was a prophet named Ezekiel and Ezekiel was a, pre- a prophet who then had no temple from which to operate because in 586 B.C., Babylon came in, the enemy of Israel, and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. And, he took, and they took people from Israel and spread them all over the known world. Ezekiel is one of those that was taken as an exile, a prophet now without a temple, a prophet who was questioning God. What happened? I thought you were our God. The temple was the symbol that you were with us and now it's gone. And here's what happened. It says in Ezekiel chapter 1, I was among the exiles by the Kibar Canal. The heavens were open and I saw visions of God. That probably shocked Ezekiel. Wait a second, I'm not in the temple. God's showing up. He's here. Right where I am in my exile, when I've lost everything that I'm familiar with, God shows up. And it says, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest. Oh, how we have to hear the word of the Lord. And by the Kabar Canal, and the hand of the Lord was upon me there. When living as exiles come higher, keep your eyes on the Lord our God who rules, he's still on the throne. When facing hostility and hatred come higher, Stephen, an early believer, uh, began to share a message with the people that were gathered around him in Jerusalem, and he told them that God doesn't live in a temple. It's Jesus that you need to come to know. That's how we can be at home with God, and we can enter into his presence. And, and as he began to talk to them, he did something that any preacher that says this is going to get in trouble, but he called them a stiff-necked people, resisting the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened. They were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened. 
As he shared this with the people, they were angry at him because they believed if we have the temple, we have God. It doesn't matter how we live. We just have to have the temple. They were dependent on religion. And here is Stephen saying, no, it's a relationship with the one who came to be the temple. He is Jesus Christ. They were so enraged that they poured out their hostility to them, him. And as a matter of fact, they were stoning Stephen. And as they were stoning him, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Can you imagine when facing hostility and hatred and even being put to death by enemies? You would pray, oh God, forgive them. Come higher, come higher above the human responses to let the Spirit of God fill you. And come higher when the future is uncertain. And I'll talk about the Apostle John, a a follower of Jesus, a disciple who then became a leader in the church and then he was exiled to an island named Patmos. It was a God-forsaken island because of his faith in Jesus. That's where he was. And he knew that believers all over were suffering and they were being persecuted and mocked and being arrested and some of them were being executed. And so as he is on this island, God gave to him a vision though to not give up in these uncertain times. And here's what it says in Revelation chapter 4. After this I looked, and behold, the door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me was like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Come higher, come up here. Look at what you're going through from the perspective of eternity. And what I'll tell you is our anticipation to be with God in the future gives us unimaginable unity, peace, and security in this present time. Our God is so amazingly faithful and good. I know we're seeing so much going on. I don't know about you, but do you feel like you need to take a break from the news occasionally? I think what we need to do is just reset our sights and come higher into the presence of God. and Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. You know what I love about the book of Revelation? Even though it talks about all these horrible things that go on until the end of time, it's called the Revelation of Jesus. Do you know Revelation wasn't given so that we could figure out when the end of the world is? It wasn't so we can get our charts and, you know, plans and figure it all out and build ministries on it. No, it's a revelation of Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's what we need to do. Do you know what makes a difference when you come higher into the presence of God? How many of you remember what happened in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015? It was on June 17 at Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church that nine innocent people were killed by a demented and racially motivated white man named Dylan Roof. Now, on the basis of what we're experiencing today, if that happened, there would be protests and riots and looting and anger and hatred and there would be clashes and greater division and deeper wounds and that didn't happen in Charleston. As a matter of fact, what happened is so amazing, only God could have done this. 
when the church two blocks down the road from the Emmanuel AME Church heard what happened. They were in a prayer meeting, and they stopped their prayer meeting, and they walked two blocks down to be with a different tribe with their black brothers and sisters who were grieving and mourning this terrible tragedy, this unthinkable tragedy. And I even heard it on our own WWJ radio station here, 950. I'm not trying to promote that. I'm just saying that's where I heard it. And, and they were saying that they were seeing unity that has never been seen before, that we have witnessed other cities where tragedies and death have happened, and the response has been with anger and destruction and shouts of hatred in the streets, but this has not been the case in Charleston. Matter of fact, it was the opposite. The families of the victims showed up at the bond hearing of this man, Dylan Roof. And what they said to me could, was just beyond what any human being could do by themselves. A daughter of the victim, Ethel Lance, said, I will never be able to hold her again. And God, have mercy on your soul. You hurt me. You hurt a lot of people. But God forgives you. And so I forgive you. That was 36 hours after the event had taken place. Felicia Sanders is the mother of one of the victims, Taiwanza Sanders. And Felicia was a victim herself, a survivor of the church shooting. And she said, every fiber in my body hurts and I will never be the same. But may God have mercy on you. How can anybody respond that way? With forgiveness in the face of the worst possible hatred. I'm going to show you a picture of Charleston and I want you to take a look at the landscape of this city and see if you notice something because maybe this will give us a, a little clue into what was different about Charleston. Can you see it? There's a building ordinance in Charleston that no building can be higher than the crosses on the steeple of the churches. Do you see it? Elevated higher than anything else in the city is the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to tell you that every citizen there understands that or embraces it, but I'm going to tell you that somewhere in its history, it was decided that what we will elevate more than anything else is the cross of Jesus Christ. Come higher. That's what we must do in a time like this, that we come higher to receive that love of Christ. This is the gospel, and with that love, we're able to love with his help and his strength. Do you know when Stephen was stoned, there was a man there named Saul who agreed with the stoning of Stephen, but then later encountered Jesus and he became Paul, the missionary and believer who proclaimed the gospel, who understood that we're saved by grace through faith. Can you imagine that Stephen and the Christians who were killed with the help of Paul then would receive him in eternity with joy? because their brother has been saved? That's how the gospel works. When you and I enter into eternity, 
Do you understand that we will meet the God and Savior that we helped crucify and he will rejoice that we have received his salvation and forgiveness and will be with him forever. He is the friend of sinners and heaven rejoices over one who repents. So what I'll say to you, my dear family of God, whatever you're facing, however turbulent it gets, come higher. Let us go to the house of the Lord and let us go with every tribe and every people and let's invite everyone. Let's go to the house of the Lord. We pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing grace and your love to us in Jesus. And I pray indeed that you would give us your peace and your strength, that we never forget that we have an eternal home, that we are exiles in this world. And even when the future is uncertain of what we will face in this life, Lord, we have no reason to fear, nor do we need to take up hatred and anger against those who oppose us or mock us. But may we go higher into your presence and show forth your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.